It's the Dort Podcast. It's the Dort Podcast. Rich Keith. It's the Dort Podcast. Hashtag. It's the Hashtag Dort Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Dork. My name is Rich Keefe, joined as always by Ryan Davey. Davey, how are you? Buenos noches, Ricardo. Look at this. How about that? Look don't don't uh, check your SAP button. Ryan's just having a little fun with you there. <laughs> we have a little fun. We have a little fun always on the Dork Podcast. A bilingual podcast, uh, I think, probably would do pretty well. I think we should probably think about that. Yeah, we should. We should. I, I know you Spanish habla. I obviously do not. No, so. but Latin, though. You could help us out maybe yeah. with the Latin. I think that would be tough to follow, but I think I think people would <laughs> like that. That might separate us from some of the other podcasts, the movie-going podcast, the TV podcast, things like that. We have yeah. a rock and sock in week, Ryan, so what do you say we get right into it? Hit it. It was literally the day after we recorded our last episode. The Avengers Infinity War trailer dropped, so we did not discuss it on a podcast. I did try my first ever trailer breakdown. I don't know if you had a chance to see it. Of course I did. I watched that almost as many times as I watched the trailer itself. What did you think of the breakdown? I think the breakdown's good. It's, it's a great leaping off point, and I think Thank there's you. obviously room for growth. Um, but <laughs> I, I think it was for. For a first effort, I thought it was very well done. Somebody uh, on the Twitter gave me a four out of six for the breakdown, and I really appreciated that. Hey, you like that? You that like was that? that was pretty nice. Yeah, I don't know how to take like the video again. Dorks, not nerds. So I didn't have any like video from it, and I feel like that is definitely copyright infringement. I don't know how all these people do it, but I just took still images from the thing. But anyway, my big takeaway was this, Ryan. Then I want to get to what your big takeaway was. That if you haven't seen the video, one of the things I mentioned in the video is. Thanos has two stones in his gauntlet, but neither of those stones are the one that he looks like he's basically ripping it out of the head of Vision. So that might already be three stones. So it looks like he gets the, I guess this is spoilers for Thor Ragnarok, but you've all already seen it by now. He gets the blue stone from Loki. He gets the purple stone from uh, the Nova Corps. He must go to the Nova Corps, break in, and steal that, because that's the last time we saw that. And then it looks like he's probably going to get Vision Stone as well. That was one of my big takeaways. What, what did you see? Yeah, so I saw, I mean, what didn't I see? I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of things going on. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot going on um, in this trailer. Obviously, you know, we have some new looks to some characters, which is nice. You know, uh, yes. Captain America is just some sort of captain now. You know, so we, we without the Stars and Stripes, and as our, our dude Black Panther says, you know, get get this man a shield. He did. He had a you great know, line that, there. That's good. Yeah. Uh, Tony Stark looks very put out, so, you know, he's struggling with some things. He's going that's through a lot, I, I would imagine. How about yeah. this? This was pointed out by Wessie B uh, from the Boxers podcast. He said, if you look, the, the Hulkbuster suit, you see it, but Wes says the way he jumps, it looks like Hulk is actually inside that. Do you buy that? Uh, I don't. <laughs> um, I don't. And I, yes, it, he's he's right. But wouldn't that be? It just wouldn't make sense. You know what I mean? It just to me, like that doesn't make sense. But um, it was yeah. nice to see. You know, our our Iron Spider suit. Yes, we saw that bad boy. You know, so looks that that good. looks pretty good. You see the 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 arm uh, arm hair go up on Peter Parker. So he's still got his Spidey sense. Spidey that wasn't sense talked about tingling a lot in Homecoming. No, not almost almost not at all. He's yeah, barely in there. What do you think of Thanos's look? Uh, I, did you see the thing I tweeted out where he looked like Stone Cold Steve Austin, or he came out to Stone Cold's music? Yeah, I love that. 
I love yeah, that's pretty that good. Great. There's been a lot uh, of there's been a lot of memes and different things going around with with Thanos. They put him like as like as Homer Simpson and like a whole a whole bunch going on with him. Uh, we're just gonna put a headpiece on him. He'll look fine. I know? think he looks pretty good. I mean, he's purple. A lot of uh, there's a lot of purple characters, but I I I think that's fine. And if you think that Thanos for some reason has a full head of hair under there, you're you're nuts. You got another you know thing I mean? coming. Yeah. Yeah. Black Widow went blonde. How do you feel about that? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, fine. She's she has a different hairdo in every movie. I don't know if that's like a thing that they want to do. I don't yeah, get it. Who knows? Now you were the first on the hashtag Where's Hawkeye. You were all over that. Yeah. But let me do you one. Ant Man. I was gonna say Ant Man. You, you yeah. But maybe maybe he was in there. Maybe he was just maybe very was. very small. Maybe he was. You know that scene at the end where they're all running. They're all running at you. Yeah. Maybe he he's like somewhere in there. He could be super small, and then yeah. so like sort of a sneak attack. Type of thing, but that looks like it's going to be another battle on Wakanda, and it looks like he's fighting like aliens. So my guess is Thanos brings like a crew down to Wakanda because I believe the last gem is it the Soul Stone, but whatever it is, the red one is still at large, and I believe it'll be in Wakanda, and I believe Thanos will be trying to get it there. That's my guess. That's your guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it was nice that they slipped in the Guardians at the end. You see, the whole crew was there. Thank God. Uh, and you got you know Peter Quill with a oh, handsome mustache. Yeah, he can pull off a stash. Sure he can. Yeah. No big yeah, deal. It looks, like, you know, it looks like a bit of a rogue. Gamora you know, looking good at, looking with a rocking bod once again. Oh, yeah. Not to be oh, yeah, sexist. It's more of a compliment. I don't want to go down that road. No, we don't. I know we we're, in a, we're in a trying time, so I don't want to. We're in very dark times. Come across you know, as a uh, dickhead, but she's smoking hot. Yep. Just leave it at that. And then we have uh, Loki handing the cube or holding up the cube, like handing it to somebody. What, do you, th- what do you think of the. Theory that I've heard, I did not come up with this, uh, but I heard somewhere that that's just fake. Like, that could be, he thinks it's real, Thanos thinks it's real at the time, but it's really not because they found it in Odin's little underground lair there. Remember when yep. Hela was like, oh, this is shit anyway? And, like, what if, what do you think that's fake? Uh, it could be. It could be, yeah. you know, Loki, Loki up to his little tricks there. He's a trickster. Know, he trick. He's a trickster. There was that story with no. the snakes. There's all there's all kinds of tricking stories there, but all kinds of things. Looks pretty good. I think I'm pretty pretty rock hard about the whole thing. Yeah, we are we are full on full in full on with this movie. So we are we'll be on the lookout ass. in a year for the for the uh, podcast for that one. That might be a two parter. We could break it down into two parts. That's in next May, I believe. So we have yeah. less we have less than a year. Right, hang in there. It's gonna know, break, it's just around the river bend, as they say. So I'm excited to shit for Avengers Infinity War. You can uh, let us know. And a lot of you already have, at Dork Podcast on Twitter, dorkpodcast at gmail.com on the emails. This next trailer may also deserve its own trailer breakdown. The Batman Ninja trailer? Yeah. What was that? That was... Cuckoo bananas. That was unbelievable. Yeah. So this is a... It came uh, out of nowhere. This was not on my radar. No idea this was coming. Batman meets anime... And one of the thing, one of the lines during the trailer, which I loved, it was like from the top creators of Japan. So it's like, okay, best they created Japan. They created Japan. I'm in, and it's Batman as a uh, ninja, and it is the Joker as a ninja, and it is super anime, and it is super Batman. This looks friggin' awesome. It does, and what confuses me is that, like in the beginning, it looks as if Batman went back in time. To like feudal Japan, which that doesn't make any sense. And I can't like, make heads or tails. Is did everyone go back in time, or does he like go back in time and then assemble a new bat family? 
And Joker's you know I mean? there? I, I don't know. Joker's there. Robin's there. Uh, Batgirl's there. Catwoman's there. Does he, like, assemble all of these people once he gets there, or do they come back with him? I don't know. It's, just a, it's, it's cuckoo bananas. A lot, of, a lot of different images there. It's really uh, quite a sight to behold, so I would check out that trailer uh, for sure. Another trailer, Gotham by Gaslight, is one of the DC animated movies we were talking about. This will be out early next year. I think just a couple of months, actually. Uh, but yep. the, the trailer is out. We tweeted that bad boy out. We have a release date, Ryan, for Hellboy, the the reboot with David Harbour from Stranger Things. That'll be out January 11th, 2019. Okay. So, so a year, basically a year. Yeah. Are you okay with that? I'm okay with that, as long as it's done correctly. Um, What's your interest level, uh, one to six? On uh, Hellboy. Four and a half. Four and a half on Hellboy. Okay. Um, I, I'm a little put off by the fact that Del Toro is not involved. Yeah, he, he was uh, great. He was great. But I am looking forward to... David Harbour, giving giving him a crack oh, yeah. at it. That should be and that good. costume looks great. Yeah, it does. The images look really good. Yeah. Now this and it's gonna it's gonna really cost. Uh, we're bringing it back a few podcasts, but that's really gonna cost uh, uh, Ron Perlman of some free drinks. He you does like I mean? that's a throwback. That's a classic little nugget. If you're a fan of the podcast, Ron Perlman yeah. likes free drinks. Uh, we have an inside source with that with that information. Mm-hmm. This this is gonna go right up your skirt. Gambit is going to start shooting in March. I know you don't think this movie will ever be made. I have two two word review on that. Okay, on that, on that little bit of news. Yes. Yeah. Right. Classic. Classic yeah, review in right. two. Yeah, I'm calling it back to the old days. You haven't done a review in two in what must be six years. I don't even remember the password to that Twitter <laughs> handle. <anymore. laughs> so thank both of you who are still following review in two because that was a great idea and it just. Kind of it died on the table. Let's. Yeah. Go, how about maybe you can explain this one to me, Ryan? Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie. Another thing, like holy shit! Like I, I think I tweeted out today. Like since the the Tim Burton Superman movie, there has not been a more ridiculous idea for anything ever than this. Oh, Quentin that's a Tarantino great question. Yeah, doing a Star Trek movie versus Tim Burton doing a and. You saw the movie, the what happened, the Tim Burton Superman, like what that movie was going to be. Loved it. Well, I loved, like, I loved the documentary. I don't know. I don't think I would have loved the movie, but it was. Yeah, it was but something this is else. Like one of those ideas. So, how about that movie? Team? By the way, like, oh, we need a big spider. I like big spiders. Yeah. Like, the fuck out of here. Sorry, no, go ahead. no, no. And then, and then he used the big spider in Wild Wild West, and that movie <laughs> flopped. <laughs> yes, exactly. Which is awesome. Um, so, again, this is just so bananas to me because my understanding is that. Tarantino will direct it, and J.J. Abrams is like, take the money. I want to see what you do. Like, he's yeah. giving him money to produce it and be like, go ahead. Let's see what you do. I'll tell you what, though. I am a huge Tarantino guy. You can actually check the archives. We did, I think it was episode six on our EEI run. We did yeah. Quentin Tarantino movies. So Davey and I broke down all of the all the movies if you want to go back, if you missed that one. Or maybe, you know what, maybe you want to listen to it again. You want a little refresh. But... I am not a huge Star Trek fan, and I understand a lot of our listeners are, and that's great. I respect you, sir or ma'am. You can like whatever you like. This will, this will make me watch that. This will make me go oh, yeah. watch Star Trek right away. So and what's crazy is that people are already, I saw a Photoshop of Samuel L. Jackson as Geordi with, like, the visor of our <laughs> Burton's character. Like, I've already seen that. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah. It's going to be intense. That's for, that's for sure. Uh, a couple of Netflix news, Ryan. No surprise here, but it is official. Stranger Things will get a season three. Okay. And wh- yeah, and what about like Netflix going on Twitter and being like, "Should we make Stranger Things season three? Yes yeah. or no?" Yeah, who's like, in charge of that? Like, what the hell is it? Like, like what? 
and then the people in like Stranger Things were like, okay, like what? Like, do we need to do this? Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so that's like some intern. Like, I'll come up with a poll question today. You're like, yeah, okay, yeah. but so now you got a bunch no, of what, no shit news. What about people voting no? Like that's a, that's not a good feeling. Like, what, not what? only that, but like they're probably just doing that to be funny or like seeing if they can get it to like yeah. be no. But like I felt like saying like, yeah, in no shit news, Stranger right. Things. Exactly. Getting like, yeah, no kidding. This is not as much of no shit news, but it's still, I think it was headed in that direction. But Mindhunter, which I recommended as a pick of the podcast a few episodes ago, Mindhunter is getting picked up for a season two, which is great because they were sort of leading. There was definitely room for it, and they could even go multiple seasons, I think. Have you started that at all yet? Uh, not yet. So okay. this and the next two things, I've kind of waited. Uh, I had to finish The Punisher, obviously, so I'm now I'm in a... I'm in TV limbo right now, so I'm looking for a new show to pick up, and this is tops of the list. The other one uh, that people won't, uh, you included, and Mac and Goo and the Boxers, they're all raving about Riverdale, which I watched an episode of, and, and I'm intrigued. Oh, it's great. I mean, if you like 90210, like back in the day, like it's a high school show. Like, yeah. Forget about the Archie comics. I mean, they, they definitely intertwine some of that stuff, but like you don't really need a knowledge of that at all. One thing I'm excited for, and not, not for... I don't think it's really a spoiler, but so Riverdale is right next to Greendale, and Greendale is where Sabrina the Teenage Witch lived, and they are both under the Archie Comics umbrella, and so I'm wondering if they're going to open the door up to a little crossover, because CW is the one that started with Arrow, then did the Flash with the crossover, then Legends, and then they brought over Supergirl, so I'm waiting for a Riverdale-Sabrina the Teenage Witch crossover. Uh, Okay. Hold your breath. See if that happens. <laughs> well, I'm very excited. Uh, yeah. More, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm Season 9 is in the book, so room now for more shows. I thought it was great. Like this, If you didn't know that they took however many years off, you'd have no idea. Like The show is just as funny as it's ever been. And that's what – so people were – I think uh, the things I've read, I haven't watched it. I was waiting to binge it, and people were saying yeah. that, you know, it's, well, you know, it's – they were, you know, kind of disappointed in it, and you know, I think other no people way. were saying like it just kind of picked up. It just never stopped. You would, it seemed, yeah. which, that, is, which is a good thing. That's what I thought, and I saw talks today, or I saw an article today. They're hopeful for a season ten, but you know, who knows? Like just whatever Larry David wants to do. And also, while I was watching the last episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, they had a trailer for a new HBO comedy called Barry, where Bill Hader plays like an assassin or an old assassin who now wants to be like an actor. It's supposed to be a yeah. comedy. It looks pretty good. Yeah, I, I saw that. It's when you tweeted it out. It actually looks real. Like, I'm very much, like, excited about that. I will you know, definitely I'm, give that a go. Yeah. You ready for your next, uh, your portion of the program? I sure am. It's time for Davey's video game in Even if it takes more than a minute. Unlike last week, we have a very enthusiastic Ryan Davey for this oh, week's yeah, minute. Yeah. What do you got, sir? I'm always enthusiastic about it. True. Just, All right. know, sometimes the content's a little lacking. So the big news, the big video game news, obviously, is that Destiny 2 has launched uh, as of tonight, as we record this podcast, the um, those, I forget the the Osiris, the Trials of Osiris uh, D- DLC, which is which is great. Sorry, the Curse of Osiris, not the Trials of Osiris. So the Curse of Osiris, All right. which is you know Destiny be doing Destiny, and they raised the cap from level twenty to twenty five. People are bitching about it, saying it's tedious, saying it's whatever. Um, I'm kind of off Destiny right now, and I've, I think I've said this to you know a couple people. Like you get to a point in this game where you're just like enough's enough. Like I just don't want to. It seems like a job. Like you just like yeah, grinding stuff sucks. out. Like you know what I mean. You yeah. don't want to like. You get to a point where. 
you know, the, the, the multiplayer is pretty fun. And then, you know, you try to do these raids with people and you can't really, there's like no room for error. And you're just trying to get this like legendary stuff. And once you get it, you're like, great. Yeah, you know, and then what fine. do I do from there? So right. it's a little bit of a grind. Um, in competitive video game news, Richard. Yes. Um, the, we have a little hiccup in the Overwatch League, the professional Overwatch League that we were desperately trying to hook on to the New England team or the Boston team. Um, Philly's team is having had to pull out of the entire preseason. This, according to uh, Compete uh, at Kotaku.com, uh, I guess they were having uh, visa issues with our, some of our international players. Oh boy! So the Philadelphia team has now had to back out of the entire preseason, which oh, is for which Christ's is a shame. Sake. Yes. Can you get, can you people get your pick your paperwork? In get order? it straight. That's that's a JV move. It is a JV move, and the other thing too is like I found out is this this happens a lot, like where yeah. you know international players like tournaments, like people have to back out because they can't get their they can't get their visas. Dude, that happened to a guy in the NHL this year. I forget the hell his name right now, but there was a player. I forget if he was coming from Canada to the to the states or vice versa, but he like couldn't yeah. he couldn't travel with the team. I was like you idiot. You know. Anyway, so that is what it is. And uh, big news this weekend: the Capcom Cup will be happening this weekend, which is the um, the best Street Fighter II players on the planet will get together in Anaheim, California, and then they will do um, a Marvel versus Capcom Infinite tournament. So the, nice. the best Capcom players in the world will be gathering this weekend. So uh, I'm look to Twitch uh, to see that. I'm sure that'll be all over the place. Um, so uh, nice little uh, three hundred seventy thousand dollar prize to the winners. Very nice. So, all right, so Ryan, big money there. That sounds so that's, great. That's that. Are you ready for the topic du jour? Uh, what is that again? Oh, that's the topic of the day, and the topic of the day is Will Ferrell movies. Now, we took to the Twitter poll. We try not to do this every time because I feel like it's a lot of pressure on the uh, on the listener, on the Twitter follower to choose the next topic, so we're not going to do that all the time. Plus, that's what, that's what other podcasts do. We're not going to do that all the time, but it was Will Ferrell movies, De- uh, Denzel Washington, Brad Pitt, or other, and you could write in other. The leading write-ins were, I think, Tom Hanks, Christian Bale, uh, there was a couple other in there as well. Brad Pitt did not get a lot of love. I was kind of hoping it was going to be Brad Pitt, but it was really a, a two-horse race. Will Ferrell edging Denzel Washington. I think Will Ferrell got 40% of the vote. Denzel got about 33%. So we're going to go through, like we did with Samuel L. Jackson before, every goddamn Will Ferrell movie. Then we're going to choose a top five movie that he was in. So he can have he can be the lead or he can be literally like an extra. Or and then we're gonna do the top five roles, per, both personal preference. Are you ready for right that? On. Okay, I am ready. And I will say, as we're as we're gearing this up, this is probably the most we call ourselves hashtag Dork Podcast. This is probably the most mainstream thing we've done in yeah, terms of probably, terms, yeah, probably. But I think it's a good one, and it, it won the vote. So this is a this is a little bit of a tip of the cap back to the listener. We there start we in 1995. Will Ferrell was in a film. He was uncredited. He was in a film called Criminal Hearts, where he played newscaster. Oh. I did not see this film. Tough start. Tough start. Tough start. Uh, but maybe this was the beginning of... Uh, he would play a newscaster later on, Ryan, which I know we're going to get to. We will get to that, for sure. 1997, so he's still on Saturday Night Live. He was in Men Seeking Women, where he played Al. I also did not see this movie. <laughs> nope, did not know that existed. Okay, also 1997. This is the one where people really kind of attribute this to his really movie debut. Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, where he plays Mustafa. 
great role. He's sitting there at the round table with Dr. Evil. He gets killed. He gets burned. He's screaming. Like, this is, this is a great start for him, I think. Yeah, and he goes in. He's in brownface in this movie, yes. which, is, uh, which is an interesting a bold, choice. A bold choice, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and and, uh, and he, he shows up again in the later Austin Powers, and he breaks his leg, and it smells like almonds. Right. And then, like, they, it's so good. Like, it's just like he thinks like, they think he's dead, and he keeps screaming at the table, and they're looking around, and he's like, please, like, somebody just help me. And it's like the long, played out death. It's really good. And it's sort of vintage fair. Like, he does that same kind of bit throughout his career, like the, like the screaming and stuff like that. So it's very good. Yeah. Uh, he, in 1998, he was in The Thin Pink Line, which was a mockumentary, I guess, based off of The Thin Blue Line. No idea. Yeah. But here we go. Now he takes one of his characters, also in 1998, one of his characters from SNL. They make a movie out of it, A Night at the Roxbury. Oh, Jesus Christ. I didn't hate it. I'll tell you right now, I did not hate this movie. But also, I saw this when I was 14, so take it for what it's worth. And I think it's one of those things where there was the string of uh, um, Saturday Night Live movies they tried to make that just didn't work. So they had success with Wayne's World, and then they tried to yeah. like make these other movies, and then... They just kind of flopped. Remember, like the It's Pat movie, and then they it's had, like, the Pat Stuart Smalley movie. Stuart Smalley you know, bad movie. Uh, yeah, there's a we'll couple more on this list. Will Ferrell's on a, uh, on a few of these. Yeah, actually. but this one, like like the sketch itself on Saturday Night Live, I found myself watching a night at the Roxbury, and just like ten minutes in, I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm over this. You know, yeah, and, because like, you like thirty seconds in, you're like, oh, it's those guys, and then you're like, oh yeah, okay, you know. Yeah, and like the characters, I don't know. It didn't didn't wow you, but there there's some laughs in there. But it's it's not. It's certainly not great. He no, is then great. he is then in the movie Dick, nineteen ninety nine. That was I, they used to play this on Comedy Central a lot. It was like the Richard Nixon type thing where he actually plays Bob Woodward. This is a, a Michelle Williams, Kirsten Dunst movie. She's fine. It's not nothing exciting. Uh, nineteen ninety nine. He's in the Suburbans, where that's the name of a band, and he's in the band. He's a bassist. His name is Gil, and I feel I feel like most bassist names are Gil. The only the only really redeeming part about this is uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt is in this movie. But that's hey, that's really about it. All right, now uh, as you mentioned, 1999, Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. He's once again back as Mustafa because again, you remember they do a little time travel there, so he's in right. there as well. 1999, Superstar. This is like more of these SNL things are trying to trot out there. This is Molly Shannon, but. He plays uh, Sky Corrigan and Jesus in this movie, which is a great a great uh, um, credit for him. Sky Corrigan and Jesus. Yeah, there you go. So the <laughs> '90s. How would you assess the '90s for Will Ferrell in film? Bit of a slow burn. Bit of a slog. Slow he had burn. High, the high point was Austin Powers, like you said, when I was you know 15, 16, seeing those movies. Those are really good, obviously. And he has obviously like a bit role in those. He was, but I remember seeing those and being, oh, that's the guy from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I mean, the only movie he leads is Night at the Roxbury, and that is, you know, right. it is what it is. So the best things are cameos in Austin Powers, for sure. So 2000, he's in Drowning Mona, where he plays Cubby, the funeral director. This is a crime comedy with uh, Danny DeVito. I did not yeah. see this. Yeah, I did not see this one either. He's in The Ladies' Man. So once again, so these are now three SNL movies, uh, or SNL recurring characters, and so, Ladies Man, which actually wasn't terrible. Like, Tim Meadows was funny. This is, it's not the best SNL movie, but it's certainly not the worst. No, it's not the worst. But again, it's not, it's not great. It's, it's, it kind of wears on you after a while. 
you know? Yeah, I mean, he can only do so much. All right, 2001. But, this is, I think, a great year. He's only in two movies, but I think this is a great year for Will Ferrell. He is in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which I think is an underrated movie. I do think it's really funny. I think the movie's clomping around at a pretty good pace. Jay and Silent Bob are funny. Jason Lee's funny. They're, they're introducing all these characters. And then it kicks up a notch. Later in the movie, they get out to Hollywood, and Will Ferrell shows up and John Stewart both show up in the movie. Will Ferrell's playing Federal Wildlife Marshal Will and Holly, and he's trying to get the monkey back from Jay and Silent Bob. And he's just like, he can't get him. Like it's, He's like the bumbling cop or whatever, basically. And they, like, disappear on him. And, like, what, at one point he's trying to, like, shoot them. And he's like, these guys are good. Really good. And they're like, he thought that, so Jay and Silent Bob are in a diner. And they have the monkey with them. And they decide to come out and they they dress the monkey up in clothes and they come walking out. The cops are all there and Will Ferrell. They have like the whole thing like uh, you know corn down there. Like they got guns drawn and everything. And he's got the megaphone. He's yelling at him. And then Jay's trying to explain to him that no, this is our son. Like we're gay lovers. Like we have gay sex all the time. This is our son. And then he's and then Will Ferrell's like, oh my god, we can't get involved in this kind of like shit storm. He's like, we better we better let them go. We can't be getting into trouble for this. And he's like, you have a very beautiful family, sir. I forget what the exact line is, but he's like complimenting yeah. him. And all the guys are looking like Judd Nelson's there. Like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, you, you go ahead and go. That's right. Shout out Judd Nelson. But I think yeah. this I think this is a actually really good character for him. It was good. I mean, this is kind of like the like you said, like the bumbling kind of doofus kind of guy. You know that yeah. that he plays so well. Um, in, in kind of like the Lummox kind of character, which is which is which is really good, and and again, kind of a high spot in that movie for me was it was yeah. like when he when he shows back up, like he's on the scene because now it, it's under her, his jurisdiction because they're looking for a monkey and he's the federal wildlife marshal, right. so it's great. All that same year, he plays Mugatu in Zoolander, which is one now of the great comedy up. villains of yeah. all time. Great comedy villains of all time, and just an excuse for him to just go completely off the rails with yes. this character. Yes. Um, which, in my mind, I, I, I've talked about this, I think, a couple times, my, my theory of Ben Stiller movies. Yeah, um, I have... Yeah, you go ahead and say what it is. So, basically, my, my theory is that if you name a Ben Stiller movie, a movie that Ben Stiller stars in where it's a comedy, Ben Stiller's only funny because he has funnier people around him. He himself is not funny. If you take... If you take Will Ferrell out of this movie, this movie sucks. Yeah, it hurts it. He makes this entire... So your, your point usually, right, you said that Ben Stiller is never the funniest person in his movie? No, he's not. But he, like... He, in the, I have I one. The, I have one. Like, I have one, and, and one and a half. What is it? Heavyweights. Uh, now, now, hang on. See, this is the thing that people always bring up. Okay. Heavyweights is the one movie that Ben Stiller is a... And it's true. But that movie then becomes lame when he plays the exact same character in Dodgeball. And like that was White my half. Goodman. I was going to say White Goodman might be the funniest in Dodgeball. So, But it's, it's lame character. because he already did that character, Tony Perkis, in Heavyweights. Like, it's the same thing. No, I know. Like but like, I, love, I love Vince Vaughn. He plays the same character in every movie he's in. <laughs> like, yeah, he's just kind of like the wise, the cracking wise a-hole. He's a, you he's know? a fast talker. And I, I appreciate that. I enjoy that. Yeah. But you're right. I think for the most part, he is not. He does surround himself with some good people. Like some of the movies he's in are, are good. But you're right. Mugatu right. is so good. Mugatu, like that. The I'm taking crazy. Or I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. 
you can use that like every day. Like every time you're talking to somebody or like a group of people that like disagree with you, like the crazy pills line is awesome. And like just his look, like so physically he's very funny, but then even his lines and Oh yeah. So I'm on board. This is the, one of his best performances. And the one that got me was the so hot right now. Hansel. Hansel. So like that like so hot right now. Like that that kills me every time he says that. Oh, it's, it's just, great. Yeah. Uh so that so Zoolander is tremendous. 2002 He's in just one movie called Boat Trip, where he plays Brian's boyfriend, and he's uncredited. So did is not... this the one with uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. when it's like a gay boat? He goes on a cruise. Yes, it is. It's the one he goes with him and Horatio Sands and Vivica Fox, and they go on a cruise, and it turns out to be like a gay cruise. Oh, I do like Vivica Fox. All right, gay cruise. There you go. Yeah. Pretty good. 2003, an awesome year. He's only in two movies, but two classics. He's in Elf, which I'm sure everybody's rewatching again right now. And he's in Old School, where he plays Frank the Tank. So go, take a stab at either one of these. I take, I'm just, I, they kind of speak for themselves. I mean, this is kind of, um, I would say, if, if you didn't think that Zoolander was kind of the breakout role um, for Will Ferrell. I mean, everyone knew that Will Ferrell was funny at this point. They just didn't know how he was going to be used. And then he's in Old School and completely steals the show. And then, like, like there's no that's like facts don't care about feelings. Like he, that's that's fact. And then yeah, he was great. Elf. I, I was telling somebody this today. You could make the argument today that Elf is the greatest Christmas movie ever made. And I would sit. I might not agree with you, but I will sit and listen to you because you know, like some people, yeah. are like they'll be like, it's the greatest movie ever, and you're like, no, it isn't, mm-hmm. and you kind of dismiss it. Right. If you said to me right now that Elf is the greatest Christmas movie ever made, I would sit and listen to your argument. I think it's a great argument to be had. I would probably my personal favorite is still Christmas Vacation, and I don't even yeah. like Chevy Chase. Like it's just that movie is a classic to me, and I love it. But Elf, and I think for for a, a different generation, it'll 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 certainly be Elf. I mean, it came out in two thousand three. This it's great, and like it's it's very quotable. Like Smiling's my favorite. Like you know, you call it Bonnie the Elf. What's your favorite color? Like it just yeah. there's so many things. Or like you're not Santa Claus. Like the scene with him and Phase on Love is. Awesome, like when when Faison's yeah. like, "Hey, uh, you know, Santa Claus is coming tomorrow," and he just like freaks out. Like that's great when he's talking to Artie Lang, who's playing Santa Claus. Right? He's like, yeah. "You smell beef like beer and cheese, or whatever." Like, beef, beef, yeah, it's it's all good. Like the lines are nonstop with Elf, and I would say about old school, this is still my favorite comedy. I love yeah. all the guys that are in it, but you're right, Will Ferrell, especially the first time you see it, him getting shot with the dart. Like, the dart in the neck scene, if I had to explain comedy to somebody, somebody's like, I don't, I've never laughed before. Like, I don't, alien. I don't know what this is like. Wait, what, explain humor to me. Like, what would be something that I would laugh at? It'd be the dart scene. Like, you got a fucking dart in your neck. He's like, wait, what? What? You're, you're crazy. You're, you're crazy. Yeah. It's the best. And then you think the scene's over, and then he shows back up. He knocks a kid. He grabs a kid in the head and then dives into the water. And then he's almost drowned. He's singing at Blue's funeral. He's uh, he, like everything about yeah. him is good. And also, this the came out with his wedding. His wedding was one of the best scenes ever. Uh, unbelievable! I love you, I love you, Dad. I love. <laughs> he's so good. like he's streaking the whole thing yeah. with Will Ferrell as Frank the Tank. And this came out in a sweet spot for us. We were both in college when this movie yep. came out. So every party you were at, you had to have somebody crushing beers, doing like the Frank like gun shooting thing. Yeah, screaming Frank the Tank. It was okay back then to 
funnel uh, two beers and then lick a girl's face. You can't do that and now. Say, once, it, once it hits your lips, it's, yeah. so, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> right. You can do all. The other thing about old school, I think I was watching like the director's uh, commentary or something. So at the end, when they're doing like their final like showdown and they have all those different sporting events they have to do and they're, yeah. they're doing gymnastics, uh, when he's doing the rhythmic gymnastics, which he crushes, that was supposed to be Luke Wilson. But Luke Wilson apparently is like a pill to work with, and he didn't want to. He didn't want to do it. So if you notice, Will Ferrell does the mascot jump. So he's the mascot, right? Then Vince yep. Vaughn does the rings, where he's you know still holding it, still holding it. And then the fat guy does the like the vault. Yep. And Will Ferrell is back again to do rhythmic gymnastics. So like Luke Wilson right. doesn't. Do, Luke Wilson who's the star of the friggin' movie. Doesn't do anything. It's his house, and he doesn't do any of the final things. And you watch, like, if you remember they did, like, the dance routine, like, right before he jumps through the ring? Yeah. And you watch that. Watch Luke Wilson just completely mail it in in that. Like, he's just, like, probably. Oh, he like, looks the like team the dancing. Yeah, he looked, oh, yeah. yeah. And also, I guess he was, like, pissing off the director, Todd Phillips, because, you know, it takes a while to shoot a movie, and he like, kept getting, like, haircuts. So he would show up, and he would have, like, a different haircut. And they're like, well, this is, like, the same day as, like, this other scene, and, like, you don't look right. So if you watch Old School again, <laughs> watch it again. Like, I don't... They, they I'm going to watch it now. You're going to see him be like, wait a minute, his hair looks completely different. And you're like, yeah, because he just kept getting haircuts for some reason. That's All crazy. right, so this... Th- you're, it definitely started, like, a boom. I think, like you said, Zoolander, you're like, All right, this is what this guy's capable of. Elf and Old School, it's like, all right, now he is the must-have comedy guy. So he's he has an uncredited role in Starsky and Hutch, where he plays Big Earl. Oh my God, that was a good one. Too. He's in a docu- He's in a documentary as himself as Oh, what a lovely tea party. No idea. So that yeah, so that's the that's the documentary about how uh, Jay and Silent Bob get made. Oh, that Jay makes sense because that was yeah. the that was the uh, the line that what's his name says Dietrich Bader, I think is his name, the guy from Drew yeah. Carey Show, where he's like, yeah. all right, after you service him, look over at me and say, Oh, what a lovely tea party. So. Right, so that so I actually saw that, and that was actually pretty. It was pretty good. I'll pretty watch insane. that. Yeah, uh, Will Ferrell pops up in a Woody Allen movie, Melinda and Melinda. I'm out on that. No, no. nothing, nothing. All right, here we Not go. A Woody Allen fan. Now he is he is the leading role in a great with a great cast. Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, where he's also a co-writer, where he plays, of course, the title character Ron Burgundy. And this is this is really hard to top. And this is one of the all time great movies, and it's one of the all time great performances. Talk about quotable! It's probably even more quotable than Old School or Elf. I still do like when we do like mic checks at you know whatever if we're on like remote broadcast or yep. whatever. They go, like, oh, "Can you test the mic?" And I was like, "The Human Torch was denied a bank loan. Unique New York. Yeah, I just like, do we, all the, we do that. Yeah. yeah, we do all the voice exercises. So little peek, little peek behind the curtain. Whenever I yeah. Rich has me, Rich calls me, and then I pick up the phone, and he says, "Can you give me a little stuff just to test the levels? Just I, test the levels. Nine times out of ten, yeah. I'm either doing. Oh no, hundred percent of the time, I either do a Spinal Tap line or yes. a Ron Burgundy line." Those are all the the tarantula enjoys a fine chewing gum, and they're also yeah. helpful. Like you're you're just stretching your mouth out a little bit, getting ready to talk for an hour. You might as well use some of those lines. But the arsonist my, has in, oddly shaped feet. Right. In my 36 years on the planet, um, I can count on one hand the amount of times I've laughed in a at a movie to the point where I couldn't breathe. Yeah, this has got to be on there. It is. And it was the scene, I remember where I was. I was in Mash, the Mashpee Commons on the Cape in Mashpee, Massachusetts. Nice. And I was watching this movie, 
and it was the scene where Ron Burgundy is talking to um, Veronica Corningstone. Yes. And he's asking her out on a rendezvous, on a date. Yes. And she's kind of like looking down, and when she says, like, Mr. Burgundy, you have a massive erection. <laughs> and you, the, the camera zooms out, and you see it for the first time, and he's just kind of like trying to play it off, and like, it's the pleats. It's unbelievable. I was crying laughing. Like it, how funny that was! It's so like, good. Walking and, it off, yeah. Like they, walk it off. <laughs> they gotta walk it off. They don't use like there's not a lot of boners in in comedy movies, and you're wondering why. Not enough. And then these I'm, guys, yeah. these guys bring. It's funny you say that because I would go back to old school. One, maybe the hardest I ever laughed in the theater was that dart scene, and I remember we're up in college watching it, and definitely missed like the next three minutes of the movie like you know what i mean it's one of those where you're like wiping tears and you're just like you're everybody's laughing so hard and the movies obviously keeps going on and you're like i don't know what happened but it doesn't really matter like that was and going back to that the scene where he falls down yeah and then he gets back up the ah, yeah. like he gets back up <laughs> Like that, that guy, because you're already yeah, like you're you're already kind of like tearing up, and then that just like yeah. knocks you, like that's the knockout blow. And then when he palms the kid, I'm telling you, if he didn't touch any of the kids, it wouldn't have been as funny. But he grabs the kid in the back of the head and like pushes him aside, crashes over the table into the pool, and it is the perfect. And then they cue music, "Hello, darkness, my old friend," and you're like, "Yeah, we got ourselves a comedy scene." Uh, so when they made Anchorman, they made they had so much stuff because all those guys would like do like the gagorama or like linorama where they would just like yeah. rip off lines and so they filmed so much stuff they literally made another movie it's called wake up ron burgundy the lost movie so it was direct to dvd i think if you bought the dvd which i did this was a, a part of it and it's not really a movie like if you're a movie critic you'd be like well, this is thrown together like no shit like this is yeah no shit it's deleted scene it's basically instead of going through the dvd catalog and being like i want to watch deleted scenes like out of order they basically like put them in order there's also scenes that you would recognize from the first movie or maybe it's just like a different line or whatever but it's a whole different thing like there's a like a bank robber it's like you know what i mean like it's a whole different story uh, so it's funny for like lines, but it's not like a like a real movie by any means. No, and so the story is is that when you shoot a movie, you typically for like a two hour movie, you'll shoot like four or five hours of footage, and then like edit it down to you know you edit it down to like the final hour and a half or two, right? Right. They're like, I want the director's so, cut. Give me the director's cut. Yeah, yeah. So the director's cut's like three, four hours, and then they kind of edit it. They shot eight to nine hours of footage for Anchorman just because they had all these ideas and they just kept coming and coming and coming because you you got to figure. It's a ridiculous amount of stuff. So, like, even the scenes that they used from the other movie are different because they're different takes. And you know what I mean? So, in the sense that, like, they had so much other footage that they made this whole thing with the, this gang of bank robbers called the Alarm Clock. Right. And a funny story. So, a funny story is uh, my wife. My wife. When she, she was living in California when she was in her early 20s. And um, she saw this movie. But at the time, and she's going to kill me. She she might have let's see. She might have been overserved. Oh no! When she saw when she saw the movie. Well, we've all been there. So she so she was explaining to her friends back home, like I saw another Anchorman movie, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" And she started <laughs> explaining it to people, and they're like, "No, like you're making this up. Like that that movie doesn't exist. Like you're right. making this up." No. And then, so we start dating, and she sees it like on my shelf of like it's in my personal collection to this day. And the best part, so she's like, oh, my God. She's like, is that the other Anchorman movie? And I'm like, yeah, you've seen that? <laughs> yeah, right. so kind of, Nobody's seen that. Right, that's, nobody's that's seen amazing. that but me and Rich. 
So the best part about that DVD is it came with the insert for the DVD was actually Ron Burgundy's journal. Yes. Which was side-splittingly funny. Right. It was was all in, like, crayon, like, ideas written in crayon and, like, tattoo ideas. Like, it was ridiculous. It wasn't, like, notes to Baxter, too, or there was something in there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. But the best part of that movie is they, they were a traveling... Um, like a like a location news team called the the they call the rip the lid off of it, and that's <laughs> yeah. one of the funniest scenes of the movie. <laughs> oh, that's when they right. go to the wrong house. I yeah. forgot all about that because the rip the lid off of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's literally one of those things that I quote that I don't know what I'm quoting. Yeah, I've said that all the time. I'll rip the lid off of it. Completely forgot that's where it was from. That's amazing. Yeah. That's good stuff. So that's definitely if you're a Will Ferrell fan, you've probably already seen it. But if you haven't seek it out again not knowing that it's not really a movie but it's just a, it's a lot of good lines and stuff in there and it's the great characters um 2005 one of the great cameo appearances i would say ryan of uh the last 20 years that is chaz reinhold yeah. uh, in wedding crashers where he shows up he's like the legendary wedding crasher he's crashing funerals now ma the meatloaf that whole scene like just tremendous job by him never know what she's doing <laughs> what's she doing yeah. back there you will yeah. have some? All right. <laughs> so that's great. Uh, 2005, also, he is in Winter Passing. I don't know. This is a Zoe Deschanel movie. I don't think yes, he has a... I did. You saw this little, one? Uh, I did see it. I did see it. Uh, it was not great. Okay. It was one of those little indie films. It was a little... Uh, you thought it was going to be more comedy than it was drama, but it turned out the other way around. All right. Uh, a little dark, you know? He was in the Wendell Baker story. This is the first ever film directed by Luke Wilson. Owen Wilson's also in it. He plays Dave Bix. I don't think it's a, a major role for him in this. He Great. was in the, the Producers. I don't think I ever saw The Producers. I did. It was fine. It was fine. Yeah, he's in a fine. stretch here right? You know where these are fine. Like Bewitched, obviously you're just taking the TV show. You're making, he plays Jack Wyatt. It was he- terrible. Kicking and screaming, I thought, like had its moments. I don't love it, but it it wasn't terrible. Uh, Phil no, Weston yeah. isn't his neighbor like Mike Ditka or something? Yes, well, his father's neighbor is Mike Ditka. Oh, yeah, yeah. Going up to beat his father. So yeah, it was a good idea, but then it was a very thin idea that they tried to put into a movie, and it just didn't. I like the idea of Will Ferrell playing like this doofus kind of like soccer coach. He, yeah, he's not. He's doing stuff he shouldn't be doing, like coaching a soccer team, and yeah, you know. The whole the whole side story with him getting addicted to caffeine was really stupid and yeah it was dumb. He was in Stranger Than Fiction in two thousand and six, which is a little bit more of a uh, less comedic role, I guess you would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, again, this was this was a movie where people started. You know, one of the only times where like Will Ferrell can kind of act because it's a uh, the story like this author played by like Emma Thompson or something like he writes this book and but like the stuff she's he's an actual person. Right, 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 right. And the stuff she writes like affects him, and yeah. So it was kind of a cool idea, and it came out around the time, like you know, like uh, um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, Eternal Sunshine. So it was like that yeah, kind of one like of those weird. ones, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. He was also in, uh, or he was the voice of uh, Curious George, or not Curious George, but he was the voice of the man in the yellow hat. Yeah. Now, now you start to get into a run here, Ryan, where basically he's just in these roles where you know the pitch was a character who was this. But it's Will Ferrell, and then right. that's what gets you in the door. So it starts I'm, with Talad- – I mean, you read my mind. Yeah. You read my mind. This is exactly yeah. – so Talladega Nights, the ballad of Ricky Bobby, where, of course, he plays Ricky Bobby. So it's literally just you walk in the door, Will Ferrell, NASCAR driver. Yep. If it was anybody else, you wouldn't make this movie. Nope. Not even close. 
pretty good. I would say, you know, not one of his not one of his best because there are so so many good ones. But I laughed at this. I think I, I own it or I did when I had all my DVDs. Uh, you know, the I piss excellence, just the whole shake and bake stuff. Yeah. Him with his you family. Yeah, all that stuff. It's it's pretty good. Him and and then we're we're also starting to see him and John C. Riley and how good those two can be together. And yeah, unbelievable. But like you said, I mean, these are the movie pitches and they're like all in a row. Like you can see them. It's like it's unbelievable. Hey, we're gonna do uh, a NASCAR movie. They're like, eh, and like Will Ferrell, NASCAR movie. Done. What ABA, about- basketball, ba- like but with Will Ferrell. Love it. Yeah, exactly. So figure skating. Will Ferrell. Love it. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. So, yeah, so you just hit on those. So semi-pro where he plays Jackie Moon. He has some good lines in there. Blades of Glory. I didn't really love Blades of Glory. He plays Chaz Michael Michaels with the dude from Napoleon Dynamite. They're both male figure skaters. Uh, but the real gem in there is Step Brothers, where it's him and John C. Riley. And this is – you probably – I mean, maybe you could make this with other people, but the idea of – all right, you have two Step Brothers uh, who are, like, in their 40s, and they're going to be, like, immature and all that stuff. And yep. it makes it so much better with Wolf Barrel. But this is a real – this is a gem. This is, this is definitely one of the great comedies of the last 10 years. So I don't know if you read this on the internet too that, that Adam McKay and Will Ferrell have an idea for a sequel. Oh boy! For this and they've they've kind of pitched it to like the internet and it's it's actually awesome. So their parents retire and then after working for like three years or four years, Dale and Brennan decide that they're going to retire and they move to the same retirement community as their parents. Oh boy! So it, they, like I, it. again, you just walk in and be like, "There's the idea," and you're like. Perfect. Yeah, fine. Here's the money. Again, comedy Take sequels I'm a little leery of. And so this is also this is this is the time, Ryan, where I would say, and maybe you have a different opinion than I do, but right after Step Brothers or Semi Pro, whatever one came out last, that would would have been your time to sell your Will Ferrell stock. And I say that with uh, all due res- I say with due due, due yep. respect for him. I think he's still very good. I still see a lot of his movies. But we talked about sort of, you know, with old school, with the appearance of Wedding Crashers, and with Anchorman. That was you're going up, up, up. Step Brothers put him up. I think that's the high, highest he's ever been, and I don't think it'll ever get there again. Not to go negative. I love him. But I think that was peak Will Ferrell was like, oh, wait. Yep. And I, I would say once Semi-Pro, I think what came out first, Step Brothers or Semi-Pro? I'm not sure. They were both 08. Yeah. Uh, I, I because I remember being like semi-pro and be like, Ugh. like it was it was good, but it wasn't it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. At that point, if I had stock in Will Ferrell, I probably would have shipped it at that point and been like, no. Eh. Step Brothers came out after. Step Brothers was a summer movie. Semi-pro okay. was like so. Step Brothers was the last movie he was in in two thousand and eight, and I think that was again where his stock is now is still higher than a lot of comedic actors. But I'm just saying where it was, you could put that on par. With anybody else, like his, we'll get through all of them. But his movie, his comedy movie collection, is probably as strong, if not the greatest of all time. And there are some, there are some in here. There are some high spots in here that we'll get to in a second. But there, yes, uh, over the next so ten years, for, from ten years ago, two thousand eight, Will Ferrell was probably the best it's going to be. So you younger, you young guys out there, you haven't seen the best Will Ferrell yeah. that we saw live, you know? So then he was in uh, The Goods, Live Hard, Sell Hard. It was an uncredited role. He was in Land of the Lost, which, again, isn't a straight comedy. There's, there's Obviously, it's a funny movie, but it's, you know, one yeah. of those, like, a, you know, crazy CGI stuff. Uh, he's in The Other Guys, him and Mark Wahlberg. This is, yeah. this is good. I'm with you. are going to say that? This, yeah, I was going to say this is the best of the late later Will Ferrell, the second act Will Ferrell. Like, this is the best one. I did like that. And this is a really good performance by Mark Wahlberg as well. He's really funny yeah. in this. He's good. 
He is the voice of Megamind, so getting involved in a little of these uh, you know, kids' movies. Uh, 2010 is also Everything Must Go. That's another Which one I where... Owned. I owned it. So you yeah. like it? At one point. No. Okay. All right. He's it was in, one of those, you know, when you go to you go to Blockbuster and it's like buy two previously owned DVDs, get one free. Yeah, that was this one was of the, the, This was the freebie. That was yeah. the free guy. He's in a short film, Megamind, The Button of Doom. He's in Casa de Mi Padre. Which was, that was weird. I tried to like that. I gave that a shot. That was, was all in Spanish, good. right? Was that that one? Yeah, it was all in Spanish. That's the house of my father. Uh, the campaign. This is funny, but like this sort of is my, goes back to my point. Like it doesn't approach his like top ten movies, but this is him and Zach Galifianakis. And uh, given given the current events, if you were to watch this movie now, it's really not funny anymore. Like because that's like it's one of those things. That's like it's too real. That's a good point. It's too real now. Yeah, uh, he was in Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie. I don't think I saw Which that. Which I liked. Okay. I liked that movie. Mm-hmm. I liked Tim and Eric. So. John C. Riley and him play uh, ridiculous characters as any Tim and Eric thing. Like, they're just ridiculous. So He was in the internship. Uh, it was an uncredited nope. role, but that was another Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson movie. Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues. Now, this is, I know a lot of people, they're like, oh, I'm ashamed to admit a movie I have not seen. This is, this is it for me. Because for someone who loved Anchorman as much, you would think over the last four years that this has been out, I would have seen it. But I have not seen Anchorman 2 yet. Uh, it's it's worth a watch. Um, there, it has its high points. Yeah, I'll watch um, it. But yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, but it's you know going back to the well. I think this was probably something that they probably if you watch it, if you asked you know Will Ferrell and Adam McKay honestly, is this the movie you wanted to make like as a sequel? They probably would have said no. Right. Okay. You know, and and it, you could tell that some people's like hearts just kind of aren't in it anymore. Yeah, you know, that but. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, they're all much bigger stars. Think about it. that movie came out nine years after the fact. Think about like how like what Steve Carell, even Paul Rudd, like all those guys are are much bigger right. stars. He's a voice. He's Lord Business in the Lego Movie. He's in, which is awesome. Yeah, Lego Movie's great. Awesome. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, Daddy's Home in 2015. Again, him and Mark Wahlberg. Uh, same year as Get Hard. He and uh, Kevin Hart. I, like both of those to me are pretty forgettable. Like I watched them both. Yeah. I'm like, hey, Will Ferrell's in it. Couple of laughs. Like those are like a renter, or if you're uh, the you know the boxers podcast, you would you would red box those movies. You'd be like, yeah, it was worth a uh, couple bucks, and then you move on. Then they did Zoolander two. Didn't see it. Heard it was like the worst ever. He's back as Mugatu. Daddy's home two. So he's bringing back the same character, and he was in the house. Him and Amy Poehler. So that also was a was a Turdberger. That was a Turdberger. So that's where we are with uh, Will Ferrell. Now one movie or a couple movies get Zeroville. Coming out in uh, 2018, it's a James Franco-directed movie with Franco and Seth Rogen. Danny McBride's in it, so I'm intrigued. Basically, it's a uh, young seminarian who worships film, arrives in Hollywood in 1969 during a transitional time in the industry. Oh, boy. This has got hit or miss written all over it. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but he's also going to be in next year in a movie called Holmes and Watson, where Will Ferrell's going to play Sherlock Holmes, and John C. Riley is going to play Watson. Okay. So we'll see. <laughs> but don't you think, yeah. I would say, to sum it up, kind of a modest beginning, like some bright spots early on, then as good of a five- to six-year stretch in comedy that we've ever seen, and then like still kind of riding on that, making movies that people are seeing that are that are making money, but nothing that you would ever confuse with like a top 25 comedy movie. Right. 
top five movies for you, Ryan. We'll do movies first, then we'll do roles. So obviously those could be the same or they could be very different. What are your five favorite Will Ferrell movies? My five favorite Will Ferrell movies, not in no particular order. I haven't ranked them, but I, I would say in no particular order. Right off the bat, Anchorman. Yep. Old School. Yep. Wedding Crashers. Yep. Elf. Yep. And the Lego movie. I have four out of those same five. I would put Step Brothers in instead of the Lego movie. See, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I wanted some variety in my list. I felt like I was going to – like, the Lego movie to me was like kind of a – it came out of nowhere. And plus it has Chris Pratt and it has all these cool people in it. And I thought it was really clever, like what they did with him. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the Lego movie? Yeah, you oh, yeah. Have small kids? Oh, yeah. No, I saw – I mean, I don't have small kids, but I did watch yeah. the Lego movie. You are a small kid. Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah, so yeah. I would go – my order actually is old school Anchorman – I, Step Brothers and Wedding Crashers, I could flip-flop, either yep. three or four, and then Elf, five. All right, what about roles, his five best roles? Okay, so I went a little TV on this one, too, and there's a little TV one in there as well. So Frank the Tank, obviously, yes. was this kind of like the Agreed. unbelievable role. Uh, Mugatu. Yep. And then Ron Burgundy, also, it's like his... Has to. Him. Yeah, like I mean, those... That has to... Yeah, those are the three. Um, those are the three that have to be on everybody's list. I think the other yeah. two, you can really go any direction. So I went Alan Gamble from the other guys, which I thought he was Gator when he was Gator. Yeah, that is a good. That's Gator's a good one. <laughs> that was awesome. Like I thought that movie was great, and I thought Michael Keaton killed it in that movie. By the way, yes, he did. He's quoting TLC the whole time. That was great. Yeah, and then uh, my one TV role that every time I see it, I go is uh, when he did Robert Goulet. On Saturday Night Live. Oh, well, I, I mean, that's that a whole different thing. conversation. But you're right. That is amazing. He was. Yeah. So, by the way, the best two best of SNL DVDs there ever were are the two Will Ferrell ones. And oh, the Robert Goulet and when he's Satan trying Fred to Slacks. teach. To Fred Slacks. <laughs> Fred Slacks is a winner. I don't know. I don't know, man. It kind of sucks. <laughs> Zorgas, Borgas, I just got bit by the love bat and it's driving me mad. The whole thing. It's making me laugh right now. I, me... I sing Fred Slacks almost every day to my wife. Like she, she doesn't <laughs> hate it, but she doesn't even like laugh anymore. But she's just so used to Fred Slacks. <laughs> There's a guy named Fred, and he's got a pair of slacks. Ooh, Fred's got slacks. Yeah. <laughs> and then what's the other Fred's one? Fred's got slacks on the boulevard. Oh, it's a fast car on the highway on the byway, Mister Robotron. <laughs> he's like, what the hell was that? <laughs> And then he Fred plays Slack that. Is a he plays like that slow one at the end where he, like he thinks he has it, and he's like, "No, nah, man, that it's terrible." He's like, "All right." He's like, "It's the F chord. It hurts my fingers." Yeah, it hurts my fingers. The F. Uh, yeah, that's a tricky one. It is. I'm sure that it is. The other two that I would throw on my list, I'm going back to Federal Wildlife Marshal Will and Holly from Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> I loved him. He was so good. These guys are good, really good, and I think. There was enough from Jackie Moon. I know that's kind of a fringe one, but Jackie Moon I thought was pretty good in semi-pro. When he's freaking out in the boardroom and he's going nuts about that, it was pretty good. All right, anything else on Will Ferrell? No, I mean, like I, like I said, I mean, if you these are movies that everyone's watched, and you know, my take on it is, like you said, I mean, that there was there was a time in my life where I thought that Will Ferrell was the funniest person on the planet. I don't know if that's still the case. Um. But you know, it's it's 
it, it, he's an institution at this point. Anyone our age who's listening to this, I mean, if you, you, you have to see kind of Will Ferrell movies and you have to be up to date on it. I don't think we're breaking any new ground here with this. No, but it, it, these are movies that are just like fun to talk about and fun to you know fun to watch. I think the know, only so. the only character or the only actor to me that can have the same type of res like the, his top five comedy movies can hold up. There might be two. It would be uh, Vince Vaughn for me because you still have old school, you still have Wedding Crashers, you even still have Anchorman, and then you can add Swingers and Maid. And then it might be Jim Carrey, just obviously Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura 2, uh, me, myself, and Irene. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think those are probably the only two guys, liar, liar. Like, those are the only guys yeah. that probably have a similar top five because even Chris Farley, it was like one or two. Sasha Baron Cohen, it's like one or two. Uh, I guess if you want to go back, I still think like Eddie Murphy, like all like I still think his his are better than those guys. So yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's get to the last part here. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. All right, Ryan, kick or receive? I will receive this right. week. So I'm going to start watching this uh, this show. It's a it's a Hulu show um, called Future Man. Have you heard about this? No. Uh, so, um, the young man from Josh, uh, I forget his name, but the, the young man from Hunger Games. Josh Hutchinson. Yes. So he is the lead in this, and I'll read you the brief description. Janitor Josh Futterman leads a pretty boring life, spending much of his time playing video games when he's not working. Things change, though, when he beats a video game that the rest of the world has given up on, thinking it was unbeatable. Oh. After he defeats the game, mysterious visitors from the future appear. They put the word... They put uh, the, wor- the world in danger, and Josh is the only person who can save it. He assembles a team to assist him, and he travels through time, completing various missions as he does whatever he can do to try to save Earth from ex- extraterrestrial visitors. So it's a bit of like a comedy. That's cool. Where, like, you have like a, yeah, so it, and it's getting rave reviews, um, like on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. On Rave, is, it's 77% of Rotten Tomatoes right now, but it's 4.5 out of 5 on Hulu. It's 8.1 out of 10 out of IMDb, which is more... Um, uh, critical than most sites, so uh, it's getting. I'm going to start that this week. So if if you want to start that with me, let me know what you think, uh, and we'll uh, get after it. What's that called again? Future Man. Future Man. All right, cool. My uh, pick of the podcast. They completed it. I think it was last week, but their four part uh, series, I guess, of the Crisis on Earth X on the CW. I mentioned that they were doing it, but I I've watched it so. They do one episode each of uh, Supergirl, Arrow, The Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow. Add them all up together. Even if like I'm watching two of those shows, I'm not watching the other two. I think you'll still be able to figure it out. Basically, The Flash, Barry Allen, is getting married to Iris West, and then something happens, and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose, and they introduce another Earth. Like They've already introduced so many. There's a lot of different universes. There's a lot of different Earths in this universe, and they add, add another one. But it's just cool to see all the characters, all the different superheroes, like, teaming up. So that is definitely worth it. I think you can find it on the website or it's on demand or whatever else. So check that out. Next week, Ryan, I think we have – let's try to hash this out right now. We're not going to put this to a vote. These are, these are the options I have, and I want to know if you have anything else or if there's one that jumps out to you. We could do, for next week's episode, Denzel Washington movies because it was so close in the poll. We could yep. do uh, Wes and others have requested a Rick and Morty episode. We could do Rick and Morty. We could do, this will be the week before Star Wars The Last Jedi. 
We could do a whole Star Wars tune-up slash Star Wars theory episode where we sort of tell you where they're at now, but we also make wild predictions for The Last Jedi. And or the last option, I think, would be like something Christmassy. I know last year we already did best Christmas movies, but we could do something Christmassy. Any of those jump out to you? Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the Star Wars one jumps and we can set the table for Star Wars. We can get ahead of the game. That's so what that I think. Out That's what I think. And, you know, uh, what I always bring up at the table when we have our table meetings, yeah. the thing, right. you know, dork, dork tunes is still in play. It's very much in play. Yeah, it's true. We're the, we're the ones where you and I break out our old high school CD collections and go... Back, back and forth. Maybe do a top ten of our high school CD collection, and maybe maybe throw one in there like most embarrassing. Like, what's the one in there you don't want everyone to know? You know, you have. I know what yours is. There's a lot of them. Well, that's true, but I know one There's specifically. There was one that you lied to me about whether or not it was yours or not. Do you remember that? I don't. There was one that you said because you had that huge. The uh, CD book that like everybody had. I still have it. You had that huge, huge one, thing. and you're flipping through. Yeah. I was flipping through your ones, and there was one. I don't know if you want me to say it or not, but you said, <laughs> "I." You go, "Oh yeah!" Like you said, either you found it or like, so, like you had some excuse for it, and then you later admitted to me that no, you bought it, but you didn't want to tell me that. Was it in sync? It was. It was in sync. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I believe the story was with my girlfriend in high school. I said that like it was hers, and like she was in the car with me, and like yeah, she you, put it in there. You made up some bullshit about it, but it was made up some bullshit. Like yeah, and finally I was like, you know what? Yeah, it's mine. It's mine. I bought it. I like it. And, it, I think it rocks. and what happened was is that our mutual friend and uh, and a confidant of mine, Tristan Bessie, also had the same NSYNC CD, and he's like, no man, it's cool. And I'm like, oh, it's cool. All right, cool. So oh, his his CD too. collection was ridiculous. His, oh, was his was out of control. So, yeah, it so that's bad. a good one. Or, we, I mean, we could probably do that later on because obviously two weeks we're doing Last Jedi. So next week, yeah. I say we think on it, but I say that the leaders in the clubhouse are Star Wars theories and dork tunes or yeah. middle school CD collection That's what we'll call it. All right, you can subscribe, rate, and review us on the iTunes. Uh, more of you have been doing that. Thank you very much for doing that. helps us in the iTunes rankings where we occasionally appear in the top 200 and that's because of you so thank you for that you can tweet us at dork podcast you can email us dorkpodcast at gmail.com we're not going to open it up to a poll but you can feel free to email or tweet us uh out of all those options we just gave you if there's one that really jumps out to you if you want you know star wars and back-to-back weeks or if you think that's that's too much uh as for you ryan where can the people follow you People can follow me uh, at Arvon D on any any major social media platform. That sounds so come get me. That sounds, I could use the Twitter followers. I know that sounds with the uh, I'm um, thirsty. Ugh, that's followers. what the kids would say. They'd say this guy's a little thirsty. Yeah. But it's at Arvon D. Any uh, final words of uh, advice or anything, Ryan? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the holiday season. I've been seeing these videos all over the internet, and I'm terrified. Well, I'm actually legitimately terrified of this. Uh-oh. So this isn't like a joke, but it's kind of a joke. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, if you if it's the holiday season, as people know, people like to be festive. People like to decorate their houses. Right. You want to water the Christmas tree. Oh, because please. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. If you get a dried out Christmas tree with electrical lights on it and that some bitch goes up, you oh, are no. done for. Yeah. You are done for. So please make sure that tree's got water. If you've got a dog in the house like Rich and I do, keep them away from the water. You're right. just going to dry out the tree. Make sure they Which have their is, own water. You know, I think just as important, maybe more important, make sure the dog you know, always has water. Always has water, and we don't want any, you know, Uncle Lewis situation no. from Christmas vacation where the tree just goes up in flames, and poor Uncle Lewis 
No. Almost goes up with it. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, uh, Ryan, and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next week here on Hashtag Dork.